0: I have a confession to make. When I started this podcast, I didn't know what I was doing. Ah, I knew I would sit down with folks I knew who I considered creative and try to meet some others. And then we'd have a recorded conversation. Clemencia would mix it with her magic. And we'd post it on RSS.com and tell people about it on social media. Right. It has become a big part of my life we haven't figured out the money-making part yet, but we're having a good time, and I'm meeting lots of people in and beyond the community where we started. Because of my conversation earlier with K.B. Ballantyne, the poet, which is, by the way, the most listened to, I have been introduced to Kate Rutter of Narrative 4. We will meet her today as well, and I think it will make a big difference in your life. Stay tuned. At about 13 minutes into the interview, we had some technical difficulties in the recording. So we pick up in our conversation about how Kate Rutter became involved with Narrative 4. She was speaking about how she was a graduate student in anthropology and was working in Zimbabwe on community development and organizing. She was introduced to storytelling as part of that work. We had discussed the phenomenon of the Moth Hour, which you can listen to on national public radio. It is a program that originated when a native Georgian missed the storytelling he was used to in the South when he moved to New York, and he wanted to use storytelling to enhance connection. This clearly brought us from a really deep place of love of story, which I imagine as an English major, you know, that's, it just goes with this territory. And, but it also comes from a deep place of uh, concern for humans and the human condition and their, their um, community and all that kind of thing. So it's, uh, that's just a neat intersection of those things coming together and that um, you found it and it found you <laughs> narrative four. So and now you're in Chattanooga again, and I've been looking at the, the website and what I thought was interesting, I'm going to assume that the four refers to the fact that there's four steps right in the in the process that, that in a story exchange you all go through. So is that correct? And what are those
1: things? Well, that makes sense for sure. I, I kind of thought of the four as more like a, a shortcut to just saying, you know, we use narrative for lots of things. Okay. Like we use narrative for connection and for understanding each other and for change, how's it changed. But it is a number, so yeah, we can talk about the the four parts of the story exchange. I like that. Yeah, so I I'll say that you know in getting to know narrative for I participated in it you know as as just a regular participant and then as a facilitator uh, and what intrigued me about it is that in practicing it you pick up on a lot of nuanced learning mm. and that happens mm. that on first reading you know about the approach isn't as obvious right, so, and I tell you, every, it's been, you know, years now. I've been doing this since 2020. It's every time such positive experience. So w- what we do in the story exchange is that we partner with a school or an organization to find out, you know, what they want out of the experience. And we create prompts in advance to which are guiding the stories. So... We may ask questions like, tell a story about a time when community mattered. Okay. Okay. Or tell a story about a time when you did something out of your comfort zone and that helped you grow as a person. Okay. Okay. Um, Because I wondered. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> I've wondered about that.
0: You know, where do you start? So there is a there is a a, a prompt. Okay. That's cool. Yeah.
1: And we can have prompts related to whatever the the, the class needs. Oh. So or if it could we've have prompts around our relationship with the environment, our identity, relationship with our cultures, our faith. Conflict, parenting, you know, the student life, you know, so many different prompts that we have a bank of that we can, you know, use and we're always building on. So we do a little bit of preparation then ahead of time. And then on the day that we do the story exchange, we walk participants through a process that creates. A culture of openness and trust and curiosity and, you know, mutual support. Mm-hmm. So you're feel comfortable to tell your story. Yes. And then we pair people up and we have uh, people tell each other their true personal stories according to that prompt. Mm-hmm. And so if you and I were paired up, Barbara. I would tell you my story and you would just listen mm-hmm. And then you would tell me your story and I would listen. And we would carefully listen because in the third part, we do the retelling where we, in a circle of maybe eight or 10 people tell each other's story. So I would say, my name is Barbara and this is my story. And mm-hmm. I would know your story in the first person. Mm-hmm. So you have a big responsibility to share your partner's story as well as you can. Mm -hmm. And then after we hear all those stories, because you'll hear, you know, eight or 10 stories, the final part is talking about what happened, how that felt and what we learned. And that's the reflection piece. And you can take that into any direction then um, whether it's, Now, what do we do and how do we use this as a community to go forward? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of learning that comes out of that circle. That is just so amazing. And I I have to
0: ask, who is the originator of this? I don't know. I don't want to call it techniques or strategy. It's method, this approach, because the telling the story, when I at first, you know, when you first hear about narrative four, you're kind of figuring out what it is. And I think you're right that it's the doing of it that probably the lights all go off. Mm-hmm. But uh, just for reading about it. And I thought that, that idea of retelling someone else's story in the first person. Not they did this or she did this or he did, but I did this. And it's not. It's not really your story, but it's becoming your story. And there's a kind of a, there's so much going on there. There's a kind of a cognitive dissonance because you're, you're having to be outside your comfort zone, you know, because you're saying words that are not really you, but in the
1: process they're becoming part of you. And am I getting this right? Well, this is, you know, part of the creative process because you're imagining. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can't, own another story. You know, you're just retelling it as best you can in exactly the way that it was told to you. So you, you do have to put in some creative effort to be able to do the best you can to retell that story. And that story meant something, means something to your partner. So you have to honor it. You know, it was a privilege to have received that story. Um, And I think that is one of the aspects of the story exchange that maybe doesn't come across as as valuable as it is, because when we think of storytelling, of course, we think about the telling part and what that experience is going to be like to tell our story. Mm -hmm. It's natural for us. We've got so many stories in our head about our lives and well, some people think that they a lot of people think they don't have any stories to tell but of course we do our lives are just full of of experiences that we can then translate into a place a time a feeling a learning moment so we're we're getting something obviously out of making sense of our own lives we mm-hmm. But then you get a lot out of actually listening and being there for another person. And when you retell that story that you've heard, it, you know, it shows the person who told the story to you that they were heard. And it's quite moving yes. for that person. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of tears. <laughs> <laughs> there can be. But there's, there's also laughter. The stories can be funny as well. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting
0: how uh, there was a, an FAQ on your website. It says this isn't about who had the worst story. <laughs> no, it's not a competition for a sob story. I don't. I know that sounds terrible, but it. You know, I think sometimes people will get into competitions, and it's it's not about that. It's about this is real to me. This is my experience. This is my my life. And another person has to take that in fully fully in the moment and then do that, that reverse and, and become in just, just the saying, I guess what I'm saying is just the saying of it in first person changes your whole perspective of things than just saying it happened to her. You know? definitely. It's it's uh, so it makes your, your brain do different things. So, so anyway, who do you know
1: who came up with this, this methodology? In talking about this with people, I've learned that there are other versions of this out there, but I know with Narrative 4, it was created by our founder and CEO, Colin McCann. He's an Irish writer, award winning Irish writer. He wrote Let the Great World Spin. He and some other founding artists um, got together with educators um, 10 years ago and believing that connecting through story was a powerful experience and an agent for change. And so they, they wanted to, to, to bring that, especially to young people in schools. And so they came up with this process, this tool. So
0: um, how long does a story exchange usually? And I take, I mean, and I guess what I'm thinking is like, if you do it as a school, are you going to have different rooms where those ten people are located, and then they do their thing do, uh, their their
1: process? Do they ever come all together and talk about it afterwards? We can do this in lots of ways. It's a very flexible tool. okay. And so we have advisors that make a plan with teachers based on how much time they have, how many students they have, what age their students are, what the class content is. And we design it according to that structure. We can help you with that. Even a STEM class can do it. Absolutely. Yes. STEM classes have done it and math classes and science classes. And um, if the circle gets very big, of course, it's going to take a long time to hear all those stories and people can get tired. So... You can break into smaller groups. We've even done, you know, many story exchanges like where there's just, you know, four people in a circle. If you have such limited time that you can only listen to that many stories. So it's, it's ideally, you know, you don't look at the, the circle like is best when it's between six and 12 people. And that gives people enough time to really talk about it. Mm-hmm. After the storytelling as well, uh, but then you know we can come back to a larger group and then kind of share some things that came out of that together. So that's where you can come back as a whole group. Yeah, I see. So where is the city of Chattanooga right
0: now with the narrow four? I know there's something coming up soon.
1: Yeah. Chattanooga has about 41 fully trained facilitators, and we are partnering with in the region, Walker County, as far as you know, St. Andrews School, Swanee. Okay. Um, ooh, wow. Public library, sister cities, Eastlake, um, East Lake Language and Arts Library. But our biggest uh, partner so far is UTC. In the last six months, we've trained um, some around 20 faculty and student leaders to more than that. And that was to use the story exchange as part of their orientation onboarding of the entire freshman class. Oh, my word. So they had a record breaking number of students this year join UTC over 2000 students in the freshman mm-hmm. class. Mm-hmm. And they come for a couple of days in the summer to just learn a little bit about the college before mm-hmm. they move in. And the Walker Center for Teaching and Learning and the Division of Diversity and Community Engagement brought Narrative 4 on to give students this experience with each other so that they could be mixed With other students they don't know who are also going to be freshmen and hear stories and share stories about themselves. And we we had a couple of easy prompts like tell a story about something you're proud of that you created. And another prompt was tell a story of a fond memory of home that really exemplifies where you came from. And this was really positively received by the incoming students who yes. you know, at that time may not have been having any conversations with uh, kids they were walking around with from one session to the next. And here they got to really know more about each other and see the value of college and meeting people from different walks of life. And what they can learn from each other. Wow. That is so neat. I I, would,
0: I work a lot with college freshmen and I can see how powerful that would be, especially for those coming to a, a residential situation. My college is primarily a commuter, but that wouldn't matter because we're still very diverse. And I'm not sure that we always are able in class because we're so busy with everything else to to, to get that diversity at a deeper level of what that experience means. We have a um about a third to 40% Hispanic population at Dalton State. I, I teach public speaking, so I do give them a, an opportunity to to tell their story, uh to tell stories about their family. And uh it's just interesting to hear them talk, especially when it's an immigration situation. It's very interesting. So That's that is so neat. Listeners, I love doing this podcast. I hope deeply that you also enjoy listening. As we bring this content free of charge, I have some requests that will help it continue. We have exceeded 2,000 listens for the 24 yes and 30 episodes. That doesn't include the YouTube listens. And none of it would have happened without Clemencia Villafuerte, our producer. I have to say that. I depend on her a great deal. In some ways, that number's great because I don't do much advertising or promotion. I depend on listeners to repost on social media and for the guests to post the links on their websites. On the other hand, it's really pretty low, as the podcast world goes. Really, really low. So I can't monetize it, at least not yet. That's good and bad. You all don't have to listen to random commercials about the who knows what, yay. And I don't have any financial help, boo. So here are the asks as the trendy people say now. I'm not sure what was wrong with the word requests, but. Number one, keep telling folks about this podcast. Even if it's just one that you particularly cared for, tell them about that one and they might get interested in the others. Of course, keep listening. Third, and here's the commercial part, buy my books to offset the costs of the podcast. I don't talk about them much because I'm really terrible at marketing. I have several novels available on Amazon. You can look them up under Barbara G. Tucker or Barbara Graham Tucker as in Graham Cracker, rolling my eyes, or you can ask me for signed copies. The most recent Sudden Future by Colorful Crow Publishing would make a great Christmas gift for a reader of any age. I will have another coming out before Christmas, Long Lost Justice. Others are Bringing Abundance Back, which I call the Southern Chicklet Book, Long Lost Family, a not-so-cozy mystery. Long Lost promise, even less cozy. I haven't figured out how murders can be cozy. And The Unexpected Christmas Visitors, a story about refugees. All are on Kindle, too. Also, I have short Bible studies. I'm not at the GoFundMe point yet. Finally, buy the books of the folks I've interviewed here or will. Luke Manjay of Ginseng Diggers, Becky Woolley, Ray Atkins, Katie Ballantyne, Devereaux Shivington Stebbins, Susan Kirkland, Renee Winchester, Carly Land, David Katie, Millicent Flake, Noah Knox Marshall, and Amber Nagel. You are a person interested in the artistic community of Chattanooga, Northwest Georgia, and beyond help them out. Thank you for listening to this commercial. If somebody wanted to get involved with Narrative 4, what would be the first step?
1: They can go to our website, okay. which is narrative and then the number 4, yes.com. Or they can email me. Okay. Um, Kate at narrative4.com. Okay. K-A-T-E. Yes. At narrative4.com. That yeah. There are both online story exchanges and trainings as well as in-person story exchanges and trainings here in, in the Chattanooga area. Um, and my job is to just make that happen, to organize it. And we're going to have story exchanges at the end of this month, on the 23rd at UTC, and probably later in the week, because our founder and president, Colin McCann, as well as another founding artist, Ishmael Beah, who w- wrote about his experience as a child soldier in Sierra Leone. They're both award-winning Authors who are devoted to the mission of Narrative 4 and they're coming to Chattanooga to speak with local writers, Sybil Baker and Christian Collier um, in front of an audience that in the event is free and open to the public Mm -hmm. on Tuesday, October 24th. Uh, The doors open at 630 and the event starts at 7.00. So we're going to have a number of activities, you know, around that where the authors will meet with students um, and we'll try to get some interviews in with them. But we will host story exchanges as well. So if anyone's interested in participating in one, we'll probably have one AUTC and another one um, with one of our partners in the community. And those will be free. They take about... Two and a half hours, the story exchange. And it is step one to becoming a facilitator. So if people do want to take this into their work, then they can join a three hour session later in the week to finish the training. And then they become part of our network, part of our family. And we've got a lot of learning resources online. Once you become a facilitator that you can use to bring it into your work, whether it's in a classroom or in your organization. And you get the support of the Narrative 4 advisor as mm-hmm. well. That's fascinating. Uh, you said it's at UTC. Uh, where, what location at UTC do you know? Oh, yeah. The event in the evening on October 24th will be at the University Center Auditorium. And there's free parking Oh, that's good. Yeah. There's a there's a guest parking garage and visitor parking garage right across from the university center. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, folks, this
0: is one of the reasons I wanted to have Kate on now so that we could get this ahead of ahead of time enough for those who are interested to look into this situation. Because it's I think it's something that my listeners would be very interested in is Now, I do want to back up and ask about the use in a school. Is it is there an age that it's is it more middle school, high school, or just high
1: school? Or we have used the story exchange for primary kids. Really? You, yeah, all I think like down to maybe third grade, fourth grade, mm-hmm. the stories get a little bit shorter and need a little bit more support in structuring for kids to prepare, Uh, it is really effective with middle school and high school and college age and adults. So I would say that anyone interested can use it and we can help them adapt the tool to fit their students. Okay. So that was something I wanted to ask. And
0: now this podcast is called Dialogues with Creators. And we've kind of touched on the idea of creativity. And really, on the podcast, it's more about the lived creativity of what people produce in their lives. But where do you see creativity in the process of narrative four? It's, I, I would guess it's all the way through it, though.
1: Yeah, I, I'm glad you asked that question because I was thinking about it. And it's true that when you tell your story, it's a creative process you know, whether memoir journaling or storytelling in front of a live audience or just with a person one-on-one, you have to make choices about what you're going to tell and how you are going to tell it? And what are the details to include and what not to include? But also the, the whole process of going through the story exchange does inspire creative work. So it, can inspire collaborative creative work or personal creative work. We've used the story exchange with writers to help them imagine perspectives of characters. Mm -hmm. We've used it with theater classes to help them connect with their own personal experiences to imagine the emotions they need to portray with the, the characters they're portraying but you can also do variations on the story exchange using art as a way to tell story. So we've helped performing artists retell their partner story in the form of dance, or we've had visual artists, you know, through collage or painting, tell a story in another way, like through a different medium. So there are lots of ways that We can get to compassion, connection, perspective, understanding and community through this effort of listening and retelling. And we can do that in different ways. Fascinating. Just this is like a whole door opening.
0: And I hope that this is how people who are listening feel that this they I've never heard of this.
1: This is unbelievable. This is great. So anything else you'd like to add? You had asked a question um, in our email about the the research behind this. And we have had some focused studies specifically on narrative four. And they found that students who participated in the story exchange a couple of times during the course of their year had increased levels of joy and participation and connection at their school. Mm -hmm. So, you know they like school a little bit more they they feel like they have better relationships a little bit more and as a result they're even performing a little bit better so cuz they're they're showing up top and and they 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 feel like they're part of something but in addition to that you know stories can help us to process it. But we know a lot of, there's a lot of research about storytelling and how it can, you know, inspire us to reflect and allow us to feel and to recall what we value and to give us a chance to share like what we've learned in our ideas from our lives. And this process of the story exchange, it teaches us how to be better listeners. We can see the humanity and the pe and the value of the people around us. Um, and it stimulates kindness and a compassionate attitude and motivates us to, to do better and to do better for each other and our community. I can see where it would definitely increase empathy with,
0: with anyone doing it just by the experience of it. And, and how you're interacting with other people yes i did uh, i did neglect to ask that question i'm glad you brought it up because there is a, a great deal of social science research on your website that is cited about how it would help the students as you say could be more engaged to feel a sense of belonging so that they want and and that's we know at every age that's going to increase their their academic and you know success or you know however you want to put that there, there was something about that I wanted to say. Does the student write their story out and then read it in their telling, or do they try to practice it to where it's all just totally oral without any dependence on a script?
1: We encourage students and any people participating to not depend on the written story. Mm-hmm. I love to write things down. So sometimes I write things down as a way to help me remember what I want to say and to kind of process the information. But if you're, if you've got a paper or a screen between you and the other person, you're no longer making eye contact. You're no longer kind of speaking from memory. So we, we try to remove those barriers. Right. And of course it doesn't have to be perfect. You know, these are not, you know, supposed to be, deeply crafted novellas, you know, these are really about personal connection. And it's just a moment in your life, you know, where that you're reflecting on. I remember what I was going to ask you is there was a, a portion of the
0: website, and I, I'm very aware of this working with the college students with the, the mental health concerns that we're seeing. And that it did, uh, there was reference there that it was helping the students with Some of those issues, you know, Uh having more joy, having more uh, less sense of anxiety, all those kinds of things, too. So that's that's exciting, you know, but but I think it's because of the connection, you know, it's it's uh, we haven't we've gotten so atomized and so distanced and isolated from people. And we can say it's COVID, but I think it was happening before COVID, COVID just exacerbated it.
1: Okay. Now, I don't know if you've had, I don't know if you've seen this book by Vivek Murthy. He was the 19th Surgeon okay. General of the US and Ooh. he published this book called Together: The Healing Power of Human Connection in a Sometimes Lonely World. Huh? He published that in 2020. And he makes a really strong case for exactly what you said. Feeling lonely and isolated, disconnected is an epidemic and that there is plenty of evidence that social connection has both, you know, mental and physical health benefits. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to think that, you know, what narrative four does is it removes some of the barriers, the psychological barriers, the logistical barriers, Mm -hmm. you know, the cultural barriers that get in the way of us connecting with each other. Mm -hmm. And so we create this intentional moment of connection and we make sure people feel comfortable so that they can get to know each other and feel like they have a connection that wasn't there before mm-hmm. and if you're working with a group that now sees each other every day in their english class or their you know advisory class or their you know departmental meetings there will they will benefit from having that new information about each other where they feel like they really know something important about that person and they value that person in a way that they didn't before you know we it's natural for people to do a sometimes a kind of an othering like I am this person and they are that person and we define ourselves by our differences I mean that just kind of naturally occurs in the human side but that Breaks down, and we get to value each other and see the commonalities when we do this story exchange. Yeah. Oh, fascinating. That's that's so super. I am so glad that I have been
0: able to have you on this podcast, Kate (laughs) Rudder. And well, thanks so much for having me. We have been privileged to meet Kate Rudder of Narrative 4. As she has explained their organization and what they do in a story exchange. And she's mentioned about the events that will be in Chattanooga. And I hope that uh, if you have any interest in this, that you'll you'll uh, be able to get involved in that. And definitely go to their podcast, their, not podcast, their website. And um, follow along and learn more about this organization, which offers training and so many incredible things for uh, people to connect and i am just so pleased to have
1: met you and, and had you on today so thank you very much kate thank you barbara it was such a pleasure to get to know you and i look forward to spending time with you in the future okay thank you okay. i hope i see you there on october 24th
0: okay i will try i um, check my schedule and see what's going on okay bye-bye